Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Love in Your Life. This is Dola, your host. You know, today um, I can't, you know, get away from uh, hearing uh, on a daily basis about uh, the subject of mental health. I'm sure you agree that lately we have heard more about mental health than we ever did in my lifetime. Uh, Maybe uh, we've, you know, heard it uh, told in different forms, like, uh, for example, um, we associated someone that had a problem with mental health as someone that needed to be institutionalized or that was a criminal or that, um, you know, was some aberrant, uh, displayed some aberrant behavior that we uh, could not put up with as a society. And now it's it's sort of become almost synonymous with uh, anyone who, who experiences a level of stress and inability to cope um, you know, for various reasons. So it's it's gotten much more play, and I'm not really sure whether that was always true, or are we, uh, you know, are the cases more prevalent today because of our society and you know social media and things about um, knowing uh, knowing too much too quickly and being exposed too quickly and too often and um, too intensely to, you know, stressors, stressors in the culture, in the world, you know, the world culture. But I had to, you know, I had to get it straight. So I, you know, of course, I always look up for, I look definitions, uh, look at definitions first to set my mind straight on exactly what the definition of a men, what, what mental health actually is, other than what I understood it to be. And I, I, I loved this, uh, this uh, description uh, or this um, definition, the state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities and can cope with the normal stresses of life, whatever that is, you know, we all have our definitions of normal, and can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Now, if you look at that, you know, break it down, it's just saying that it's, it, it can, so obviously any of us is, can be vulnerable to, um, to a mental health crisis of some sort, whether it's momentary or, you know, a mental breakdown, what they call nervous breakdown or whatever, and it can last any, uh, you know, amount of time, right? It can be short term, it can be longer term. Um, I know depression is in that because depression sort of immobilizes us and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I looked further and, um, it, you know, it said mental health is the overall wellness of how you think and regulate your feelings and behavior. And you know what that sounds like. If you've been listening to my podcast for any time, you know that that's all about emotional intelligence. And that's why emotional intelligence is so important. And that's why I talk about it all the time, because I do think that it's a measure and it influences our behavior, performance and decision making, which have consequences, right? All of which have consequences. Our behavior has consequences. Our reaction, you know, behavior. Our performance has consequences. Our decision making has consequences. So to the extent that you are uh, self-aware, and, and, and that's why I, I titled this uh, this particular podcast, 
what is the correlation? What, how, how is self-awareness related to mental health? And um, I looked at the people who are self-aware and the people who are so self-aware that they're able to know what they're good at, what they're not so good at. And embrace that in a sort of self-confident way. You know, what, what we're good at is worthy of self-confidence. It's not like there is a, uh, a judgment about what you're good at versus what I'm good at. Okay? I know my limitations and I stay far away from what I'm not so good at. That's just my personality. You know, I don't want to do what I'm not so good at. I'd rather stick in my lane and do what I'm really good at. So... If we did that, if we were self-aware of what our, our skills were, what our capabilities were, what, what our interests were, what our motivations were, we would stick to what we know and then consequently develop the confidence that comes along with doing what we love and what we know. So here we go again with that theme of, you know, uh, do what you love and love what you do. And, uh, you know, that will allow you to be uh, happy and successful. Why? Because you're doing it with a great deal of motivation, with a great deal of interest, with that kind of, you know, energy that you would put forth to something you enjoy as opposed to something you're begrudgingly doing, right? And that's why it's so crucial to pick the right career, to get it right, to get the right, you know, partner in life. You know, that's the other thing that we talked about in one of our list um, podcasts where we said that, you know, uh, if you pick the right partner, life partner, that's sort of 90% of the way. And I know I'm misquoting, I think it's 93 or something, but, you know, that's 90, 90 something percent of the way toward ensuring your happiness, your lifelong happiness. And that makes sense, right? We're, we're with that person all the time. We're, we're doing an awful lot with that person, including, you know, sometimes uh, involving a family, two families, creating our own family with that person. So there's a lot involved with, with getting it right, getting it right personally and professionally. So I thought about um, what were the tips for uh, creating a very mentally healthy, um, you know, uh, environment for yourself. And I think it's a lot has to do with your attitude. Of course, emotional intelligence will play in because emotional intelligence is, you know, partially um, having to do with your attitude because uh, it's your attitude toward your open openness toward your own self-awareness, your openness and empathy toward the others uh, in your life, you know, being aware of their feelings and their behavior so that you could be more of, a, of an assistance to them, you know, where you give them a platform to discuss openly without judgment, without, you know, consequence um, of what you think about what they think or feel, especially what they feel. So, you know, I looked at um, things and I, I, I guess I got up this morning and I, I thought of this, the first thing that was on my mind was, you know, when you get up in the morning, y you have an attitude, right? It's either a good attitude or a bad attitude. And I realize that every morning I do get up and sort of say to myself, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that I'm here. I have another day. I'm doing what I like to do. 
I'm in a place where I'm, uh, uh, I derive a great deal of peace and comfort, um, other than having too much to do, which I have to work on that. But, uh, you know, and I'm always working on that, right? So, um, and I know we all have something that we're always working on. Uh, but, you know, I get distracted and, you know, I'm on my own, so I can sort of avoid work if I want to and, you know, get caught up in other things. So, it, it, you know, I have to be very disciplined to be on my own and that kind of thing. But we all know what our, you know, uh, uh, what our, our triggers are, what our um, time triggers are, what our, uh, what takes us away from feel that sense of accomplishment and peace and, um, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess contentment, you know, just peace and contentment with who we are, what we're doing. And I know this who we are thing gets in the way a lot of times with this uh, idea of self-awareness and loving the self. But I do think that there is a direct correlation between, you know, our willingness to step in our space, acknowledge that space, embrace that space with energy and self-love so that we could give that away to others. Um, until we do that, we can't not expect to be in a place where we're able to share with others and be with others. And guess what? We have to be with others. We're not on this earth alone. So one of the things about being a, quote, introvert is, you know, you have to really develop. If you're an introvert and your energy is more directed inward rather than being with people, you have a little bit of a, you know, um, a challenge with trying to constantly be up because you, it, okay, the energy itself is, is how you're driving satisfaction and the energy is alone. Yes, it is. It's doing stuff on my own, and I'm on my own nearly all day. However, I have breaks all the time with people I love and care about, either on the phone, personally, um, written in the written format, either through email or text, you know, sending little emojis that, that demonstrate that I care because that's very important to stay connected, even when you're an introvert. But but truthfully, I bet if they did, and there probably is a study out there that says this, but if you did a study on introverts versus extroverts, introverts would be far more likely to be um, sort of uh, challenged by uh, mental health, you know, uh, just, you know, like to have a healthy mind is uh, is having to do with being disconnected as opposed to connected. And, and introverts often disconnect because they have to to um, sort of protect their energy, the way they get energized. You know, an introvert, just as a reminder to those of you who may not know this or just forgot this, an introvert is not necessarily some, somebody who never wants to be with people because they don't like people. For example, I'm technically an introvert. I'm kind of in the middle of introvert and extrovert. But for me to be energized, I need to be alone a lot. And if I'm with people a lot, I love people so much that you would never see me getting stressed out. But what I'm thinking about is more time to be alone because I'm, you know, being being sort of demanded upon by my public, so to speak. So I can do that and as long as I get myself time to get back to myself. Whereas an extrovert, you know, in contrast, can be with people most most of the time. In fact, they get energized by being with people, right? That's the definition of an extrovert. They are energized by being with people. And 
they are perfectly content. And not only that, but you would never even see them stress out where you might see an introvert stress out. And again, I think an introvert is more vulnerable to the concept of, uh, you know, a challenging mental health. I may be wrong, but I, th I think that there is probably another study out there that would prove me right. But um, I thought about it, you know, like it depends on what you get up with in the morning. Like, do you have a positive attitude or a negative attitude? Do you, do you focus on what's good in your life instead of what's bad? You know, they say keep a gratitude journal. You can do that because that's really putting it in your consciousness, what I'm grateful about in my life. And we all have so much to be grateful for every single day in our lives. You know, I just spoke to someone about, um, you know, his problems, his physical, you know, limitations, and they're not very dramatic, but they're there. And I said, you know, well, you know, we could focus on that, but you could also focus on all the good things about your health, uh, which is that you have, you know, two arms and two legs and 10 fingers and you don't have cancer. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, um, you should be grateful for. So maybe it would be easier to, to sort of focus on those things versus what you cannot do anymore or what you don't have or what you lament the loss of, you know, and they're, again, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're major or they're minor. It, it's, it all depends on how you look at it, right? So, you know, instead of looking at um, what you don't have, look at what you do have, what you're grateful for, be cognizant of it, maybe even keep a journal if it keeps you focused on what's good in your life. And then, you know, instead of looking at something as a problem, look at it, look at what the solutions to that problem might be. Because I think that to the extent that we concentrate on the problem, we sort of grow the problem in our, in our mind, right? And it's part of mental health. It's how big is your problem? What depends on how you think about it, right? So I would think about what what is a solution to my problem? You know, even as minor as it can be, how can I solve this so that I can live with it versus how can I, you know, why do I focus on the problem? The other thing is about staying connected. Is if they, I think that's pretty important because, like I said, we're not here alone and, um, you know, maybe if you're an introvert, you have a very close uh, number of friends, very, very small number, but they're close and you're going to stay connected with them. And I would suggest that you do and that you keep up with them because friendship's a two-way street. Um, I know for me, it's it's taken a lot of my time to, to maintain my friendships. I'm not complaining uh, because I love them and I have a big family as well. So, you know, that takes time too, but I love them, of course. So as introverted as I might be, I give that up. And so, you know, in honor of my love for those people. So, you know, you might want to think about staying connected because that's that sort of helps you with your positive attitude. And if you, you know, look at those people as resources, you know, if you don't feel so well, just, you know, say, can I tell you something? Can I... Can I share something with you that's been bothering me? And, you know, even if it has to do with them, they would appreciate that. That's part of emotional intelligence, remember? It's being so being so self-aware and willing to share it with the right words, you know, not, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, you know, um, just knowing that you can, you have the safety net there in the friendship and the love that you share with that person, that you can, you can have that, uh, you know, openness and that ability to discuss. Um, 
exercising and sleeping are two things that I remember in my happiness course uh, the last summer. I guess it was. Was it that long ago? I don't know. But um, when I took that uh, Yale course online, um, it was sleep and exercise featured prominently on the scale for the purposes of staying uh, content, happy, peaceful, um, mentally healthy. Because the exercise, you know, we know all about endorphins and that creates those endorphins and that's definitely um, real, real and tangible. Uh, but also the idea that, you know, sleep uh, renews us and to, to not sleep adequately and to not move adequately are two contributors to not being happy and um, peaceful and, uh, you know, sort of dissipating some of the, um, the anxiety you have. You know, in, in emotional intelligence classes, we used to talk about get up and walk or stand on one foot or dance, you know, to get out of a bad mood, so to speak. So, you know, if you move and um, your body just kind of gets a different signal when you when you do that. Um, you know, knowing what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and staying, like I said, on that path of um, self-knowledge, you know, either journaling about it or acknowledging your emotions to someone else or to yourself in a journal. Um, talking with a trusted person is extremely important. Um, I, I just think that we, we need to do things that support our mental health and emotional intelligence, if you've not explored it, is one of the easiest ways to stay mentally healthy. So if we're talking about this every day in our society, um, it must mean that we are working on uh, our emotional intelligence to some extent, right? It can all be about that, but I would venture to guess that if you go and look at the, um, the, the measures of emotional intelligence and the details of those individual measurements, you can practice and create for yourself an action, you know, stuff like we do in counseling and coaching people. We say, you know, this is where you're scoring very low. What, what would you like to, what action would you like to take to um, address that issue this week? You know, and then give yourself baby steps to do something until you, until it gets committed to your memory and it becomes part of what you do every single day uh, naturally. Because that's the goal, right, is to become very, um, uh, well, an automatic, uh, put it on automatic pilot. So, so much that, you know, uh, you practice it and practice it and practice it until, until it becomes uh, a you know, part of how you respond to something. I think that's another crucial step. But I, I, I wanted to give this, uh, you know, this mental health uh, matter uh, a nod because we are dealing with so much of it, especially in the United States. I don't know what the, what the global statistics are with this, but I know COVID, you know, really gave us, tested our, uh, our mental health. But I'd like to continue this conversation because this wasn't, you know, quite long enough. I think it deserves the time and the space uh, for our consideration and to share with you some of the, um, the things that I've read and the things that I know about it that might be helpful to you. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening. I know that you will not forget 
that uh, having love in your life personally and professionally is the only way to live. Until next time, everyone. Bye.